case study on academic research center misconduct by a principal investigator. The credibility of clinical research is currently under threat due to a surge in incidents of misconduct. A stark example of this problem is the 2022 case in Miami where owners and staff of a medical clinic were charged with falsifying clinical trial data. According to the Department of Justice, the accused manipulated patient records, blood samples, and other critical data during a clinical trial. The scale and audacity of this fraudulent behavior raised grave concerns about oversight and ethical conduct within the broader context of clinical research. This issue has gained enough traction to merit focused attention from the highest levels of legal oversight. Deputy Assistant Attorney General Arun Rao recently announced that the Consumer Protection Branch of the U.S. Department of Justice is honing in on clinical research fraud as one of its four key areas of enforcement. Rao warned against the dangerous consequences of such misconduct, emphasizing that it serves to undermine confidence in the healthcare industry as a whole. As we delve into our case study, it's essential to consider these recent events. The urgency to address misconduct is not merely academic or regulatory. It is a matter of public safety and trust, and regulatory agencies are seeing it as such. By examining instances of clinical research misconduct, we can better understand how they occur, assess the adequacy of current oversight mechanisms, and work towards preventing similar instances in the future. Let's take the case of Padre Pio Hospital located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This is a fictional case about a fictional, well-known large academic clinical trial site, which has faced allegations of research misconduct concerning its principal investigator, Dr. Jane Doe. Dr. Doe was accused of manipulating clinical trial data, not properly overseeing her research team, and failing to comply with regulatory guidelines. As a result, in some cases, there were inappropriate submissions for reimbursement to government payers. An internal investigation was initiated, which focused on a novel diabetes medication. The study itself continued for three years and had over a thousand participants. The budget was approximately $5 million. It was alleged that Dr. Doe altered clinical trial data to skew results in favor of positive outcomes. It is further alleged that research team members were allegedly inadequately trained and poorly supervised. From a regulatory standpoint, it was alleged that there was failure to strictly adhere to FDA and IRB guidelines, including missing deadlines for periodic reports. Once the audit had been completed, three out of 25 datasets were determined to have been manipulated. Staff training records themselves were incomplete, and four quarterly reports were submitted late to the FDA. This brings us to the question of how this should have been handled. Remember, there are at least three to four major agencies that need to be considered. There is the FDA, there's the OIG, there's the DOJ, and possibly there's the Office of Research Integrity, ORI. In the context of the FDA, you should consider the Plan Do Check Act cycle for continuous quality improvement. In the context of the OIG, we should consider the seven compliance elements that the OIG recommends. This includes implementation of written policies and procedures, number two, designation of a compliance officer and compliance committee, number three, effective training and education, number four, having effective lines of communication, number five, having an internal monitoring and auditing process, number six, enforcement through well-publicized disciplinary guidelines, and number seven, prompt response and corrective actions 
for detected problems. On the other hand, the DOJ has come out and has pointed out that they consider three primary elements in the context of this type of issue. They want to have a good compliance program in place. They want you to consider self-disclosure if appropriate and consider whether employment agreements should be modified. From an overall perspective, it is fair to consider that in the context of such findings, there may be reputational damage and this may affect future grants and partnerships. From a corrective action standpoint, looking primarily from a FDA perspective, it is important to consider the following corrective actions. Number one, consider whether Dr. Jane Doe must be relieved of her role of her role as primary investigator. Consider whether Dr. Doe should be asked to begin training if she wants to continue research. Should the sponsor be notified in accordance with the clinical trial agreement? Should the study itself be temporarily halted? Is it appropriate to inform the FDA? On the other hand, from a remedial perspective, there are more significant considerations. From the FDA perspective, you might want to consider having a new principal investigator. The staff that was not appropriately trained may need to undergo rigorous retraining. From a Plan Do Check Act perspective, the policies must be reviewed, and depending on those policies, they must be updated. Appropriate training must be conducted, and then there must be appropriate internal auditing that occurs on a regular interval. Those trainings and audits and policies should be reviewed on a consistent basis, and appropriate steps must be taken. An apology and a commitment to ethical conduct may also be necessary. From the perspective from the Department of Justice, consider whether these actions rise to the level of self-disclosure. Should you look at salary withholdings and also consider whether a compliance program makes sense. Again, go back to the OIG seven elements and consider whether there are effective lines of communication if the disciplinary guidelines are being appropriately and well publicized. After completing these processes, it is important to realize the importance of strict oversight and ethical conduct and demonstrate that there is timely reporting for regulatory compliance. Staff training itself is non-negotiable. There are a variety of disclaimers that are in place, including the fact that this scenario is entirely fictional and does not represent any actual individuals, organizations, or events. This case study is not intended to serve as legal advice and is not intended to serve as definitive guidance on compliance. If for a full list of disclaimers, please feel free to reach out to us. If you have a situation involving research misconduct and if your site needs to improve its processes, please feel free to reach out to us at 302-252-6959 or go to our website, that's www.kulkarnilawfirm.com.